Fedori's back. That's right, folks. I am back. I really um, didn't have a choice. Um, you are listening to Sam walking in the world, uh, a guy who used to be unhappy, and I'm happy to report still living like he wants to be when he dies. Um, I'm grateful to all of you for listening again. It's been an interesting hiatus. But I had to come back. I didn't have a choice. Like I said, when you get caught talking to yourself a certain number of times, you have to just give in. At least I do. I have to start talking to somebody. And I don't know how many people actually are interested in listening to what I have to say, so I just pretend there are many of you out there who do. And I didn't start doing this again because um, I wanted to continue a podcast. In fact, I wasn't going to. Um, I, my plan, I didn't really have a plan. But I um, was doing other things. I was reading a lot, which I'll share some stuff with you. I, I read a couple of books that are, I think, really good. And I'll share some of that because it kind of meshes with my own thinking. Um, I've just kind of been experiencing the world just like you have. And it's kind of been a little bit crazy. But good. My life is good. And so I felt like sharing again because I have to get this off my chest in some form that lets me put it away. I have to deal with stuff and put it away. Or at least put it out there. And then I know I said it. And so I guess the the main thing that was on my mind that that really got me thinking, all right, you got to do this now. I was taking Sadie for hike actually, and, and it occurred to me that I have to do this. Um, it was kind of funny. We were up on, on our trail again and it's spring. I never got to see this trail in the spring. I started it in fall, even though I've been living here for 10 years and it's sitting right there, but I've never seen a spring. There's a lot of bugs, a lot of bugs, but I can spray myself or something. I haven't really had to deal with it yet. I get up really early. Actually, that's the key this morning, <clears throat> this morning, Sadie and I went at about, I don't know, five in the morning because it's a Sunday. And we got out there really early. And so it was nice. But it was wet. You know, it's like six of one, half a dozen of the other. You can wait until the, the dew dries on all the grass, but then you got all the bugs. Or you can go early, and then you got soaking wet feet, which I guess I don't care. It was the very first thing I let go this morning. And I'm still letting things go, in case you were wondering. And it's still working. So I guess I'm living my life much the same as I did before. But I, I feel like I'm kind of growing. Um, I've realized two things about myself. One is that I have a need to... Well, one is that I have to let things go. <clears throat> I'm in control of nothing except what I... The choices I make and the... I don't know what you want to call it. The karma I put out into the world. And then it's kind of like... When you click on something on your on your desktop com of your computer and you drag it over to, a, say, a folder and you want to put it in the folder, I feel like you can only kind of get things you want to happen close to the folder and then just like your computer like sucks it into the folder and then that file is part of the folder. I feel like that's kind of the way life is. And the universe is that action, whatever it is, that sucks it into the folder. So sometimes I'll move a, a file around a folder for a while and it just will not go in the folder. And so I'll move it over a little bit to the left or right, and I'll leave it there. And then maybe I'll try again later. Or maybe there'll be another folder that occurs to me that it belongs in, and it'll go into that folder. 
That's kind of how I picture it. All I can do is move it over there and see if the universe lets it go in. And if it doesn't go in, I I accept the fact that it doesn't belong there. Things have seemed to work out pretty good for me doing things that way. I am. I am truly happy. I'm still doing a job that I love. I still do not fear economic insecurity. Um, I feel like uh, I can I can handle situations that used to baffle me intuitively. Um, and I still feel like God is doing for me what I cannot do for myself. Um, and it's been a fun ride. <clears throat> um, but I was up on the trail and Sadie was clearly dehydrated. Because we had been walking for a while. The sun had just come up. And, um, and so I could tell she needed a drink. And I was like, God, I wish I had brought like a, like a, a you know, I don't even know what they're called. A canteen, I guess, or a water bottle. But I hate carrying things when I'm walking. I have like a little walking stick that I've been using now for like, I don't know, five months. It's kind of cool because the oils in my hand are starting to like smooth out the part that I carry. And uh, it's good for like walking up kind of craggly rocks or when I'm going across the creek. If I, if I want to go on an unsteady rock, I can still do it because I can put my stick down. The top of it kind of looks, the top of it kind of looks like, uh, the top, like kind of like a serpent and it's got like a little eye and like a little mouth. It's like a happy serpent in my head. That's what I've been calling it. My happy serpent. But anyway, she was thirsty and I wish I had brought a bottle, but I hate carrying stuff. So I was like, you know what? Whatever. She'll, we'll get back in time. And then I, I totally forgotten that on our way back around the walk, we do cross a creek and sometimes there's, there's water in the waterbed and sometimes it's not. And, um, in the riverbed, I mean, and, and there was, and like, as soon as we got close to it, it's almost like she could smell it and darted at it. And it was deep enough where she could wade herself all the way up to the neck. And it was moving just enough that it was clean. And I sat there watching her like, first she just drank for like a minute and then she just was swishing around. And I, I crossed it myself, and then I kind of started to walk up the other side. And I was like, and she follows me. I was like, you know what, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop um, and see if she wants to go in again. So I found like a little rock I could sit on, and I just sat there for a minute. Sure enough, she went back in the water, wandered around. There's like kind of little falls. She went in the falls, up, up the falls backwards, stuck her face in it, which got soaked. She is, I'm happy to report she's lying comfortably on the couch behind me. Very contented, it appears. And um, and while I was sitting there, um, the same thing that, that kept going through my head uh, for a little while started to go through my head again. And, uh, oh my God, I, I totally forgot to say hi to Milky. Milky, I'm so sorry. Uh, we've been doing stuff together, so it's not like we haven't seen each other. But, um, Milkman, how's it going? I expected nothing less. So, anyway, continuing. I um, I was sitting there, and this is the thought that kept coming through my head. I see this. I'm starting to see this everywhere. And it, it, I guess it kind of has, has been brought to my mind because we're, we're right at the end now where um, the, the federal government, the CDC, uh, changed the recommendations for, for COVID masking and dropped the mask for people who are vaccinated. Uh, indoor and outdoor, large gathering, small gathering, <clears throat> basically you're free. Except I live in a state where the governor will not let go of any kind of power unless it's pried out of his hand. 
And so I feel like it's because if he had just dropped the mask mandate for New York State at the same time that the federal government did, everyone would be thanking the president and the CDC, even though, I mean, a lot of people are suspicious of them because for obvious reasons, but they would have been thanking them and not him. So he, I think, held out a little while so we can have a special thank you, Governor Cuomo party when he when he lifts the mask mandate for stores and schools and everything for New York State. He hasn't done it yet. But the whole dynamic of the masks and how people who, I mean, the research that, that they used to say we can walk freely now without masks on is, is like three months old. It was funny listening to them answer questions about what precipitated this to be the time that they were going to do it. And, and the, they had the like political talk around it. And I would have loved to hear someone ask the question like, but like, I think they said, uh, well, science is a process and, and we're, we're going through the data and it's, it's a process. And we, we've decided now that, um, that it's safe to, uh, I would have been like, well, could you describe the process? Like at the end, just like the last two weeks of the process that led you to today when you decided to lift the mask mandate. Of course, there'd be no answer. But it's really has, masks have kind of divided the country. Not that they're like really fighting with each other, but it has definitely divided the country into two groups. People that seem like they think we should wear masks for as long as possible. And people who think we should wear masks for as short a time as possible. And now that the, the mandate's been lifted by the federal government, there are... These people who I was arguing for for three months now that we're vaccinated and and the studies show that we can't carry it, we can't give it. Why are you making us still wear masks? And everyone would say, well, you can't be too careful. You can't be too careful. And now they've allowed us to to, to drop the masks with no change in, in any like scientific discovery or anything. So it was like. I feel like I was right. I feel like the people who were telling me to wear one anyway. I would say, I can't hurt you. What difference does it make if other people aren't vaccinated? I can't give it to them. I can't get it from them. Maybe they can give it to each other. So I mean, so I understand why there were mask mandates in stores and places before the, the vaccine was universally available, but now it is. So it just, it never made sense to me. And I, I just kept wondering, what are they holding on to? And I think I'm getting closer to an understanding of what it was, what it is. And I'm going to talk about that. Um, so I was sitting there at the stream and I was thinking, what is it that would make a person? Well, first, before I even go into that, I want to talk about this phenomenon that I've seen. I think it's a psychosis actually. And it is, it is a new brand of bully. There's a new, new brand of bully. Bullies used to be somebody who would take your lunch money and punch you in the face or call you fat push you down. And then there's, of course, cyber bullies. We got through that phase. I mean, I guess we're still in that phase, but people who just trash you to everybody else who's paying attention and who cares, but everybody's trashing everyone. So it's like not even, no one's even special in that they're being trashed. But now there is a new bully afoot. <clears throat> and I will describe it like this. Because being a bully takes a power position. You have to have a position of power. You have to be physically stronger or more popular. or You, know, you need a position of power in order to be a bully, by definition. And so there is this group of people, adult and adolescent, who 
I know they kind of seized on the mask issue as one of their opportunities to implement this, to, to, to activate their bullying. So I'll just stick with the mask example. Um, there are people who, and you know what? It doesn't even have to be the mask. It can be anything. There are people who, and it seems like it's super popular now in our culture, almost like it's encouraged for people to be offended. Simply to be offended is a thing. Nothing offensive technically has to have happened. You know, everyone else around the event might have not been offended, might have not found it offensive. I don't know how we measure offensiveness. If nine out of 10 people think it's not offensive, then it's not. Five out of 10, I don't even know how you measure it. But all I know is that doesn't matter. What matters is if someone is offended. And usually it's about speech. So. This is what the bullies do. They find something that they know that there's a, a general woke consensus about. At least enough of one to put pressure on people, like a social pressure. And and they'll find it offensive. Someone's language, someone not wearing a mask. And they'll and they'll fake outrage. It's not real outrage. You can practically tell by looking at them. They're not shocked. You know, they're not crying. They don't have any of the typical symptoms you would see if somebody was truly offended and outraged. But they say they are. And because they have this chorus of Karens that they can go to to create social pressure, they will, they will, they will feign offense in other words, they will fake victimhood in order to gain power. And that power comes from all the other Karens. I mean, who's gonna tell a victim that they're not that they're not allowed to feel their feelings? We've gotten to this place in our culture where it doesn't matter if someone does something harmful if you felt harmed. You know, we're so egocentric. That it's all about how I take it. There's no actual thing. It's how I take the thing. That's the reality. We even say things like my truth. If you can really have your own truth, then you should be able to go up to your math teacher after every test and get every wrong answer switched. Because two plus two is five in your truth. It would it's that's a that's actually a good example of how ridiculous it would be. If everyone actually had their own truth. You know what it's like? It's like inflation. If we all have our own truth, none of our truths mean anything. What happens when my truth meets your truth? And, they're, and they disagree. That's where the social pressure comes in. Whoever can muster the social pressure or go to an authority. Go to an authority that's social pressured, socially pressured. That, that, that authority may or may not even believe what the person is saying. But if they're offended enough... And they have a large enough chorus of Karens, then they can affect your behavior. They can have, in a way, have dominion over your choices, whether it's to wear a mask or say a word or whatever else it is. Your freedom, in a sense, is abridged because a person claimed to be hurt. And most people are not like this, but a significant and growing number of people are. And I see it in, the, in our youth. I see people using victimization 
or fake victimization as an opportunity to empower themselves so that they can pressure other people or get other people in trouble. In a sense, bully other people. There's no doubt in my mind that's what's happening. And I think it's going to run itself amok. Most of these things tend to destroy themselves because they end up eating themselves. Eventually, so many people are going to be offended about so many things that nothing's going to be allowed. And then someone's going to have to say, okay, we have to allow at least something. And as soon as something's allowed, more things will be allowed. And there'll be more people that just want to let people be. It's kind of like the masks. Now that the CDC has dropped the mask mandate, there are going to be more people who feel free to not wear their mask. And instead of there being more people who think everyone should wear a mask forever, and, and not so many people who are willing to just wear not wear a mask, it's the other way around. The number of people not wearing a mask is growing. And it's starting to, I think, have an effect on the people who are used to having used their fake outrage to bully people. They feel the strength of that power that they've gained in their victimhood. It's, it's um, decreasing. I'll give you an example. I was at the a, a particular workout place. I won't name it. But I was there, and as I was being checked through, the the main person, I had my little key tag, and I swapped it through the little scanner, and the lady had her mask on. She's like, yeah, we got to keep doing this for a little while longer, until, you know, until the state, you know. And, and we're like, I know, I know, but, you know, it's just, it's so hard to do something that doesn't make sense for so long. We teach people to, to question things that don't make sense, especially when they're just coming from an authority. You know, you want you want your information, you want your data to drive it. Now we have it. It's not uncertain anymore. And there was another girl we had to walk past who I think took our she took our temperature. And she was a, a millennial. And I could tell it, that she actually said something like, I don't know, I think it's still a good idea to wear masks without any end in mind. And she and, and and then she went on to say, see, and this is the argument you're hearing a lot now. They'll say, see, I if we can all just go maskless because we're vaccinated, like, what about people like who don't get the vaccine? You know what I mean? And they still take their mask off. And I, I was like, well, I go and I was it was a friendly conversation. It was like literally like eight seconds long. I said, well, yeah, but that's the, they're no they're no danger to you once you're vaccinated. And she was like. I know, but it's like, you know, like I worry about people. And I, and I was like, I know, I know, I know. That's good. And I walked on. What I wanted to say was, what business is it of yours? Why is it your job to protect other people from hurting each other? In your mind. In your mind, they're hurting each other. They may not be. But who are you to think that you have the right to take freedom away from one giant group of people so you can stop another group of people from hurting each other. The ego. But I just walked on. There's no real argument for that. When the, when the conversation continues, eventually that person will not want to continue talking about it, and probably claim that they're being bullied. When the truth is, they just don't have an argument. For a while, there was an argument, of course. 
But once studies started coming out and showing that the vaccine is effective, I think what happened is all these, all these, the Karen chorus is, is, is diminishing. Some of them are going, oh, well, you know what? I don't want to keep having to tell people what to do when they can tell me that the CDC says otherwise. I'm going to look foolish. And that, that chorus is really just a hardcore Karen chorus now. And it's their their voice is not as loud. And so these people, I see them. I see them kind of starting to panic. Like, oh no, I'm not going to get to make other people wear a mask. If I take my mask off, it's like full surrender. Like this, this giant club that I have that I've been hitting people with for the last three months, starting to fracture. Even the social pressure of making someone wear a mask now is kind of going away. But that victimhood is, I don't understand where it comes from. I guess I do. I do understand where it comes from. It comes from the need to be empowered. But it is a psychosis. It is a sign, I think, that since you don't have enough of yourself, you just try to make yourself feel better than someone else. I'm not really sure who I am or what my life is about or what it all means. And I'm going to fill that vacuum with uh, an elitist sense of better than other people. It's nuts. I still see people wearing their mask alone in their car. I mean, I'm sure it didn't help when Kamala Harris said that she wouldn't take the vaccine if it was a Trump vaccine. Well, I got news for her. It's still a Trump vaccine. And she took it. And it works. But it's this. I'll just, just for myself. i got to throw it one more time in my head. If you want to be, if you want to see the bullies out there, you can detect them too. Go look for victims and just ask them a few questions. How they're victimized, in what way? I guarantee you, it will be revealed that they're following this little dynamic. Claim fake outrage, curry peer pressure or curry social pressure or authority. If you can get authority, that's a good one. And then claim domain over other people's choices. That literally is the definition of being a bully. So if you're doing that out there, if you're one of those people that's doing it out there, you've got to take a look at yourself. I'm sure, though, you know what? Something else will come along. You know, maybe there'll be some other fashionable cause that, that can't quite be explained exactly when you try to argue it to people, but that doesn't matter. Because all that matters is most people think it now. And so you better think it too. And then like three months, we'll let it go. Pretend like it never happened. That's what I'd like to do. I'd like to go back and question the people who thought what they thought five weeks ago. And why? There's no point. I've realized. There is no point. When when an argument is no longer based on, on something reasonable and rational, See, they don't. What they don't understand is the danger in that, and that it would ultimately turn on them. Because if they don't have to have a rational argument to insist on something, I don't need a rational argument to insist on something. Right? I'm going to claim a thing. That's I'm going to claim. There's something wrong with you. It doesn't even matter what. I'll just pick something about you, and that's what's wrong with you. And that's why I think you're bad and you should be eliminated from this group. 
I guarantee you the first thing they're going to say is why. What reason? We say, I'm sorry, we already threw that currency out the window. It's because I feel it. That's why. And so, but I have to just let it go because there's no point in engaging in it. But it is an important reminder of why freedom is not free. Especially when it comes to a government. It has to be taken back. Governments are exist for the sake of governments. We have to make sure they don't get too big and they don't have too much power. Their power doesn't last. I think that's actually why we need term limits, but I don't want to go down that road today. But it is good to be back. Oh, I feel good. It feels good. I feel better now that I don't have to walk around talking to myself and get caught by people that are coming out of the bathroom and then I have to pretend like I'm talking to my phone because it actually, I mean my uh, watch, because it is a phone, but it's just very awkward. I'm just, I'm going to be able to just save it all up now and then give it to you, whether you like it or not. So that was kind of a short one for today, but I'm so glad to be back. I can't tell you how good it feels to get this crap out. As always, it has been a pleasure listening to you, listening to the sound of my voice. And I will see you again next time.